0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: What is the ceiling of Oregon football recruiting under head coach Dan Lanning? We're going to talk about that and a whole lot more on today's episode of the Ducks Dish podcast and we're back like we never left what's going on Oregon fans thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish podcast just in case you're new here I'm your host Max Torres publisher and lead editor of Ducks Digest covering the Oregon Ducks on Fan Nation part of the Sports Illustrated Network Uh, if you guys are watching or listening however you're getting this episode do me a favor and make sure to hit that like button Comment on the video or the podcast and uh, subscribe to the channel. You can find me on YouTube at OregonFootballMaxTaurus and you can find me on Twitter at sports. Greatly appreciate all the support. Excited to be back on for another episode talking some Oregon football, more specifically Oregon football recruiting on today's episode. So without further ado, let's get it rolling. Today's question is, or the, the focus of the episode rather now that we're going from the 2023 cycle, which is largely behind us, right? Really looks like the main person that Oregon's still going after is Deuce Robinson, the number one tight end in the 2023 recruiting class out of Pinnacle High School in Arizona. Uh, they're still, you know, trying to see what's going on there, see if they can, you know, shake that recruitment up. But there's a lot of buzz coming out right now about USC when it comes to Deuce Robinson. So more or less, 2023 is in the rearview mirror for Oregon. I think that they're probably still going to go after. Uh, a receiver in the transfer portal after the the Trayshawn Holden news over the weekend. Um, there, there was an update uh, from the, the the Lane County District Attorney that said that uh, all the charges were, were dropped. So we got to continue monitoring that situation. But as of right now, I would expect Oregon to go back to the transfer portal to find some proven experience and production at that, uh, I believe it's the Z wide receiver spot that he was going to play. Uh, filling that uh, void left by Chase Coda, who exhausted his collegiate eligibility. And then I also think they're probably going to go try to find another corner uh, and then another tight end as well. I think that you have uh, a little bit of, uh, not depth concern, but you're not as full in that room as you would maybe want to be as you head into spring football, which is supposed to start next month in March, but we don't have a date just yet. Make sure you guys lock in and stay up to date on ducksdigest.com or like I said on my Twitter, as we look to get an update there. So the question that we're tackling, what's Oregon football's recruiting ceiling under Dan Lanning? Because he's done a heck of a job since he got here, right? You look at the 2022 class, which was Dan Lanning's first recruiting class at Oregon. He came in at probably the most difficult time that you could not ask for, but probably the most difficult time in terms of being hired as the head coach at Oregon he, and you got to respect the way he did it, right. You know, he was still on staff at Georgia as a defensive coordinator, you know, was, was committed to the Bulldogs because that was the team that he started the season with. And even though he got that Oregon job and, and was introduced as the, the head coach following Mario Cristobal, he said, Hey, I got some business to finish here in Athens. Uh, but you know, in the meantime, I'm going to do everything I can to try to get this thing rolling at Oregon had to fill out a you know, not a tremendous amount, but, had to fill out a majority of his coaching staff because you see that there was some recruiting, uh, some recruiting staff carryover from crystal ball to landing. So he had to build out his staff. And then he also had to try to put the pieces back together in that 2022 recruiting class. And he did a pretty darn good job, right? So looking at the numbers here on the 247 Sports, um, you know, Oregon page uh, for their 2022 class, you had the number 16 overall class. Uh, the number 13 class on the composite ranking and then the number 24 class in the transfer portal ranking. And there are some big names in that class highlighted by Josh Connolly Jr., the nation's number one offensive tackle who Oregon landed over the likes of USC. That was kind of a two team battle down the stretch. And you got Kyler Casper, the 2023 wide receiver to reclassify to 2022 big, big time playmaker out of Arizona. I think he's a major breakout candidate for the Ducks this year at wide receiver. So I'm super excited to see what's in store for him. And then you get a couple of other guys back in the fold that were, you know, former commits, decided to take step, take a step back after Cristobal left and uh, kind of reevaluate their recruitments. Uh, you have Dave Uley, uh, interior offensive lineman out of Puyallup, Washington, uh, pretty high high caliber guy, top 200 prospect. And then you had Jaleel Florence, the um, the really, really skilled cornerback out of Lincoln San Diego, um, San Diego Lincoln, excuse me, uh, along with his teammate Jaleel Tucker. You got those two guys in the class. And then you had some later additions like Jordan James, who uh, Carlos Lachlan got to flip from Georgia. But all that being said, Dan Lanning did a really good job with a really tough situation that he got put into from the moment he was hired at Oregon. And then now 2023, I think, is where we can really evaluate the true potential of Dan Lanning, of this coaching staff, of this recruiting staff moving forward. Because the 2023 cycle represented the first full recruiting cycle that Dan Lanning now has under his belt as a head coach at the University of Oregon on the West Coast. Uh, in the Pac-12 with a full season behind him, and he did a really good job in that 2023 class, right? That's still really fresh, even though we're turning the page to 2024 now. That 2023 class ranked number nine overall according to the 247 sports rankings, but the big number that we're latching onto right now is number eight in the composite ranking and the number 11 transfer portal class. Tons of big names in this class highlighted by guys like Mateo Uyangalele out of St. John Bosco star edge rusher out in Southern California. He's already at Oregon and enrolled. You had Austin Novosad, who Will Stein flipped from Baylor pretty much the second that he joined the coaching staff in Eugene. That was huge to get a quarterback back in the mix after Dante Moore flipped to UCLA. You had Jurion Dickey, the number two wide receiver in the country. You have Roderick Pleasant, arguably the fastest player in the nation out of Unipero Serra in Gardena, California. He's going to be a duck. He's chasing a nine, 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 100 meter time in his senior season with the Cavaliers on the track. And then you also had dylan Austin, who you flipped from um, LSU, really talented All-American cornerback out of Long Beach Poly. So tons of big names. And then you also have the the transfer portal, right? You, that was another thing that or that uh, landing in Oregon really utilized pretty effectively in that first year. Right. You know, if you look at the guys that Oregon signed in twenty twenty two, a lot of those guys were pretty much, if not starters, significant pieces on that 2022 roster, highlighted by Christian Gonzalez, who was a lockdown corner. He might even be viewed by some as the top cornerback in the 2023 NFL draft. That's huge. He was a big piece. Uh, you have Bucky Irving and Noah Whittington, who came in and dominated out of the backfield. Bo Nix, who comes over from Auburn. Chase Cota, who comes over from UCLA. So, Landing has done a great job so far utilizing the transfer portal, and I think that With the transfer portal being as significant as it is in today's college football, that's only raising the floor and the ceiling, really, of Oregon football recruiting under Dan Lanning. So back to this 2023 class, that ranked number nine in the overall rankings on 247 and number eight in the composite ranking, number one in the Pac-12 yet again. I want to say it's four or five straight cycles that Oregon has signed the number one recruiting class in the Pac-12, which is not easy to do. I think that you could say it was really hard to do this past cycle with 2023. Now that you're going up against the likes of Lincoln Riley at USC, Uh, Kalen DeBoer had an awesome season in his debut with the Washington Huskies. They had some early recruiting momentum. And then uh UCLA looks like he's uh, and Chip Kelly looks like he's kind of getting his act together out in Westwood and trying to take some swings at big guys, obviously connected with a pretty big one in Dante Moore, um, one of the top quarterbacks in the nation. So all of that being said, I think that this would be a good time to kind of remind some folks uh, just of where this Oregon recruiting staff and where this Oregon coaching staff wants to get on the recruiting trail. So I was talking uh, with with one of my sources after the 2023 recruiting class kind of officially ended more or less officially unofficially um, on February 1st on that national signing day. This was after the Ducks had landed Roderick Pleasant and I was texting with the source and you might've heard this before, so I don't want to repeat it too much because I think I said this on Spencer McLaughlin's Locked on Ducks show, but the source said elite 23 class, 24 class is going to be the best in school history. So What's the best school in Oregon history so far? Well, it's the 2021 class, um, which was absolutely star-studded, number seven overall ranking on 247 Sports, number six on the composite ranking. This is a class that was comprised of names like Kingsley Suwamataya, who uh, has since transferred to BYU. You have Ty Thompson, who still who's still at Oregon, looking to battle for a starting job as of right now, after Bo Nix's departure, Troy Franklin out of the Bay Area, Uh, menlo atherton high school east palo alto california he's a, a stud of a wide receiver that has just absolutely blossomed under junior adams uh in the last the last season in 2022 he's squarely in the mix to be one of the best receivers in the Pac 12 perhaps even the country in 2023 so a lot of these 2021 guys actually aren't even at oregon anymore but this was a really really strong class at the time which was signed um which was signed by Mario Cristobal. So they're chasing history. This Oregon staff, they, they want to set a new best, right? A, a new mark for, you know, future Oregon staffs to chase. And they're right on the heels of that. You know, it's number seven overall, number six overall, um, being the best class in school history. And they're right there in 2023 at, you know, eight eight or nine. So jumping those spots to get to that all-time best mark, it's not going to be easy. Um, especially when you look at some of the classes that they're be the schools that they're competing with, right? You know, your Alabamas, your Ohio States, your your Clemson's, Texas is right there now under Steve Sarkeesian, they're in the mix as well. You know, USC's in the mix too. But I think that there's, you know, a lot of reason to be confident in Oregon being able to ultimately set a new record, you know, make history in 2024 because of the way this staff has been assembled and the body of work that they have under their belts since they started working for Dan Lanning and I'm going to kind of lay out why I think that Oregon can ultimately set that you know record making class right set set the record make history in 2024 and why they're set up for success you know beyond because I think a lot of people are having that asking that question right this class was awesome, but, you know, I think the, the way a lot of these, uh, you know, recruiting, people who like recruiting, they're, they're, they're so quick. It almost feels like they have short-term memory sometimes, it's right? It's like, okay, we got Roderick Pleasant on signing day, but who's next? Um, that kind of a deal. Um, so now that we're looking into 24, this is kind of a good framework to just look at trying to peel back the curtain a little bit, peel back the layers to see what Oregon's working with in terms of what they can do. Moving forward, I think that when we're answering this question, we need to kind of look at some of the guys that Oregon has on the staff and and what they've been able to do as recruiters or as, you know, behind the scenes guys. Because not all of these guys that I'm going to be talking about are, you know, having these one-on-one conversations with recruiting, with recruits. Um, They're not all out on the road traveling. And I think that that really kind of perhaps emphasizes their effectiveness and, and what they mean. To Dan Lanning and the Oregon football program. So I think maybe I'm trying to think of how to, to best phrase this. I, I ultimately think that the ceiling with, with Dan Lanning at Oregon on the recruiting trail is top five class in the country. And I think when you're looking at national champions, like the Georgia Bulldogs, these past two years, they're, they're right in that territory, top five, top three, top four. You know, they are just truly dominant, and I think that they're obviously on a different level in the SEC, but Oregon is doing everything they can to try to leverage their situation, and, and, you know, they're chasing that standard. I mean, look at how this staff is built, right? Lanning comes from the SEC, came from the Georgia Bulldogs, and I think that he's proven so far that he is the man for the job. So, obviously, it starts with Dan Lanning, and Dan Lanning has kind of proven to be – the closer on the recruiting trail or the the biggest heavy hitter that Oregon has on their recruiting staff. And I think that you would kind of expect that, right? You know, with Bama, it's it's Saban. Um, with Clemson, I would think that it's Dabo. Um, you know, with Ohio State, you could say Ryan Day, Brian Hartline's always do also doing a tremendous job over there in Columbus. So Dan Lanning's absolutely a heavy hitter, and he comes from a program comes from a championship program. You know, he he's seen what it takes to get to that level. And Oregon hasn't they weren't able to do it last year. But I think that with each season, with each recruiting class that comes in, you're taking hopefully a step closer. And Dan Lanning has seen all of that up front and he knows what it takes. And I really like the way that he's building out his staff, right? Because if we're talking about big names on this staff from a recruiting standpoint, it's loaded. This staff is absolutely loaded with at, with really really strong recruiters and guys that know what they're doing and know you know where these deficiencies are for Oregon and, and where they ultimately need to get and I think one of the biggest names that you have to talk about on the recruiting show for Oregon is Tosh LePoy. Tosh Lepoy, the current defensive coordinator for the Oregon Ducks. I think that he drew a lot of criticism after the 2022 football season because of the on-field results that were delivered by this Oregon defense, but I think you got to give him the benefit of the doubt because. Not only is he bringing in some tremendous talent on the recruiting trail, which we're going to talk about, but he didn't necessarily have his guys from, you know, from last year's roster. And I think I can see, I can hear some people saying like, well, Max, I think that when you look at all the talent that Oregon had on their defense last year, it was still underwhelming. You know, they still should have had a better defense than they did. And I'm not going to argue that I, I would agree with you on that, but it does take some time to ultimately get you know your guys in which is an interesting you know description right because I think Lenny said once I got this job all these guys became my guys which is it's it's good to hear right you know there's definitely some some sincerity there but in terms from a schematic standpoint from an athletic profile standpoint you know there's been so much overhaul this just this past offseason you know there's like 40 new guys in this program so I think when you kind of take a closer look at that, you can see, okay, they're, they're getting those guys in there that can hopefully take this defense to a next level and their offense as well. I'm um, going to talk about that, but Tosh Lapoy is an absolutely integral part of this recruiting staff. I would agree that last year's defense definitely left a lot to be desired, particularly in defending the pass and getting after the quarterback. But when I look at the guys that they are bringing in Jordan Birch, Mateo Uyunglele, Blake Purchase, you know, some of the DBs that I talked about, Roger Pleasant, Dalen Austin, uh, Taishim Johnson.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
1: There's reason, you know, Kyrie Jackson, there's reason to believe that they're gonna be able to take that step forward because you're also gonna have some continuity, right? You know, you lose some pieces, you lose Kenny Dillingham, you lose Adrian Clem, you lose Matt Palage, but schematically for the most part, you're gonna have some continuity on that defensive side of the ball, which I think is gonna help you get to where you want to go. So Tosh LePoy, huge, huge, huge piece of the recruiting staff, you know, ties mainly on the West Coast certainly in California, where he's from in the, in the Bay area, you know, played at De La Salle in, in the East Bay out in, in uh, Concord. And then you also have him as a, a guy that really spans the state, you know, f- from, from North to South. And then he was all, also at uh university of California, Berkeley. He was at Washington and then he was in the NFL. So you have that NFL experience to lean back on, has some ties in the South, obviously from his time, with the Alabama Crimson Tide. So he's a huge name. And then you have to look at Demetrius Martin, the 2023 Pac 12 recruiter of the year, according to 247 Sports. He had his hand in so many big commitments for Oregon. And I think especially when you're looking at the past defense, Dalen Austin, Roderick Pleasant, you know, the um, uh Solomon Davis, you know, those are all Southern California guys that are right in his backyard, so to speak. You know, his recruiting hotbed, you know, his blueprint. Um you know, his zone right in Southern California that, you know, you look at the additions that he was able to get for this team and there's reason to be confident. Although I'm going to tell all you guys, you know, you know how much I like to cover recruiting, but just signing a good class is, is half the battle, right? You can't just sign a star study class. You have to get them on campus, which as we've seen with some really dramatic recruitments, isn't always enough. Um, you know when you when you sign them, you have to make sure they get to class, they get enrolled. You know you you make sure that there's not any last minute craziness going on. But Demetrius Martin is an integral part of this staff, one of the most experienced coaches on this staff. He's been at most of the schools in the Pac-12. I want to say he's been about five or six of them. And I think I wrote the other day, a couple of weeks ago, it kind of feels like Demetrius Martin joins this Oregon staff at just the right time. Not only is he gonna Sign all these awesome guys from 23. He also signed his son, Cole Martin, who's already on campus. So that's going to be pretty cool for him. But Demetrius Martin is another huge piece. Then you have Junior Adams who comes over from Washington. He was doing a good job at Washington, but it feels like now that he's recruiting behind this Oregon brand, right? Behind that O, I'm trying to, on YouTube, I'm trying to get out of the way of my chair uh, to show the flag. But Junior Adams took that O and ran with it. He signed Chase Coda. He signed Jurion Dickey. Um, he signed Ashton Cozart, who was, uh, you know, who's a Pacific Northwest guy initially, but played his high school ball for the most part out in Texas. So he's done an awesome job as a recruiter Um, since he got to Oregon and look at the play of the wide receiver position as well. You know, it's translating onto the field. Then you have another guy who's actually behind the scenes, Marshall Malko, uh, the chief of staff for Dan Lanning spent time at Georgia, spent time at Texas A&M everywhere that guy's gone. Marshall Malko is gone, elite classes have followed. So you have a guy like Marshall Malko, you know, pretty much leading the show, so to speak, right? He's doing everything, moving all the pieces behind the scenes, you know, in tandem with Dan Lanning. And there's, it's not that much of a surprise that this class is knocking on the door of just being in an elite, elite, elite territory. So Marshall Malko is absolutely huge. He's kind of got the, the the keys to the keys to the car, and he really makes this thing run. But then there's other guys in the recruiting department, like Tyler Dean. He's the director of scouting at Oregon, um, kind of a lesser known name, but he deserves a tremendous amount of credit for the work that this class was able to do in Texas. Uh, guys like a Johnny Bowens, right? Guys like uh, Terrence Green, Ashton Porter. Those guys are all from Texas, and Tyler Dean has been an absolute star on this recruiting staff for Oregon. Then you have Will Stein, the new offensive coordinator for Oregon, who comes over from UTSA. He's got big ties in the Lone Star State. And I think that when you talk about guys like that in Texas, it just kind of shows you Oregon is very much invested in that state of Texas. And we know that California is big. We talked about Lapoy, Junior Adams, Martin, Demetrius Martin, and then some of these other guys on the staff from Texas. Those are two of the three you know, talent hotbeds. the the richest States in the country, so to speak, when it comes to college football talent. And then you're pushing even further East to try to get into Florida. So you have guys, you know, Stein I think has a little bit more to prove as a recruiter, right? Because this is the biggest job that he's had, but he has those connections in Texas, in San Antonio. He's, he's done really good things uh, from an offensive uh, standpoint. And I think that he's going to be someone that's going to try to come into Oregon and, you know, see what worked with, with Kenny Dillingham, you know, talk to that offensive room, talk to the offense, see what worked, what didn't work. What can we keep here? And, you know, what can I bring from my time at UTSA that really worked to try to kick this thing uh, up another notch? Got some really good pieces on the offensive line, plenty of skill talent, Bo Nix, who's one of the best quarterbacks in the country in the conference. He's coming back tons of reasons to be excited about Will Stein. And then There's one other guy that I think, or one other spot rather, that's kind of a bit of a question mark right now. And that's linebacker because Jake Long was coaching the linebackers, particularly the inside linebackers. He was doing a pretty good job, you know, developing relationships, you know, recruiting with some of the guys in this 24 class, Dylan Williams, Justin Williams, Braden Platt. Those are some big linebacker targets for Oregon. Jake Long was doing a great job and now you have to replace him. And, uh, it stands to reason that whoever that coach is, is probably going to be someone who knows how to recruit, who has some ties potentially in the Southeast or maybe in California, Texas area. And then we have two newer names on this staff that I think are kind of a little bit of a wild card type of a deal, right? You have Chris Hampton, who's the new safeties coach and co-defensive coordinator who comes in for Matt Pallage. Chris Hampton was, was born in Memphis. Um, you know, Memphis, Tennessee, that's definitely a hotbed for talent. Tennessee as a state, right? You had uh, Jordan James from Murfreesboro, uh, Tennessee in the 2022 class. Definitely want to keep strengthening your ties there um, so you can keep taking swings. And he had a lot of success at, at Tulane. And I think that um, after you know hearing him on the coaches show, there's a lot of reason to be enthusiastic about what he's able to do. Uh, you saw that uh, they got Taishim Johnson, Oregon did, after Chris Hampton was hired. But I think his recruiting potential or his his resume as a recruiter is a little bit unknown right now, unproven. But there's still some reason to be excited because look at the guys that Lanning has brought in since he got hired. You know, they've all kind of been able to get it done in various ways. Um, that room at Oregon, the safety room that is, really experienced. But what are you going to do with it? You got Taishim Johnson, you got Evan Williams who come in. But then a ton of returners. You have Jamal Hill, Brian Addison, Steve Stevens. Where does that safety group shake out? How do you recruit the position in 2024? Because you're definitely going to have a lot of guys leaving after 2023. And then you have the newest hire on this Oregon staff in Alik Terry, who comes over from the Minnesota Vikings to take over the offensive line after Adrian Clem left. And he's probably, I want to say, the youngest position coach on this Oregon coaching staff. You know, he's only 26, 27 years old, um, but he learned under guys like Mario Cristobal, like Alex Mirabal, two of the best recruiters that Oregon's seen in recent memory, um, and offensive line coaches, right? So you think, I think you look at his youth, you know, young guys are hungry. They want to get after it on the recruiting trail. You wouldn't come back to the college ranks if you didn't love it, if you didn't have a passion for it, because that's another point. That I think goes a little bit under the radar. Maybe that was part of the reason that Adrian Clem wanted to go to New England again. Even though it was only one year, you know, college college coaches have to recruit, NFL coaches don't. So it's not everybody's cup of tea. Alik Terry obviously likes it and enjoys it. And he's gonna come back to Eugene and hit the ground running. That position is gonna be very important for Oregon in 2024. You have guys like Brandon Baker out of modern day that are major targets already, major priorities. Uh, Asendria Fua out of uh, O'Day High School in Seattle. You know, some big names that Oregon's going to zero in on early in this 2024 recruiting class. So, Alik Terry and Chris Hampton, you know, a bit of question marks, I guess you could say, on the recruiting trail. But Alik Terry has already been in Eugene. He already knows what it's like at Oregon. He knows the blueprint to have success, to get that offensive line playing at an elite level. Sorry about that. That was really loud. That was my timer for my laundry. Uh, But we're kind of already winding down a little bit. So Alik Terry, I think there's so much reason for success. If you haven't listened to my podcast on why I think he is such a strong hire, go back on my YouTube channel and check that out or go give it a listen on Spotify or Apple Podcast. And then the last couple of points I want to get into as we kind of wind down here on this episode, Oregon is uh, is in a position, unlike a lot of other schools, I think, to benefit in the name, image, and likeness space. And I'm going to tell you why in just a second. taking a little sip of coffee here. Appreciate the patience, but Oregon is in a unique situation to benefit from NIL because they have the Nike brand, right? That means something. You're seeing these new photo shoots where recruits are literally posing with the Nike logo. You know, they are, they're, they're leveraging that Nike university connection and that's not everything, but when you can, when you compare elite coaching, elite relationships, if you can show that you have done it before sending guys to the NFL, I think that that really parlays itself into a recruiting explosion. You know, they're kind of buying into this hype a little bit that you're seeing at some other schools. They're, they're using cars in their photo shoots, but that's something that young players, you know, like high school players, like these player development meetings, these branding meetings that I have heard about, um, you know, talking to some high school coaches out here in Southern California that, that go on these visits. They're just saying, dude, it's next level. Like how, how much detail, how much planning go into these meetings and, you know, NIL plans for these players because it's, you know, NIL, it's specifically at Oregon. There's, there's such a blueprint to, I, I, I ask recruits about it, you know, not all the time, but it comes up in conversations and they're saying, you know, the plan that they have to help you be successful. It's like, you'd have to try to fail. You'd have to try to not be successful because or when you have a brand like Nike, you you can really set yourself up for success. And you know, Oregon's laying out these good plans for guys to have that strong life after football ele- element, which is becoming such a bigger box to check with the way college football is right now, with where football is at. You know, football doesn't last forever. You know, they want players come to Oregon. They want to know if football doesn't work out. You know, the ball goes flat at some point. Am I going to be able to be successful? Are you going to help me? You know, set myself up for success. Uh, even if you know football things d- don't work out, and the last thing I'm talking about the NFL draft output for Oregon, the NFL production is increasing. I think that this year will be a little interesting because the only surefire guys you kind of have are Christian Gonzalez and Noah Sewell, DJ Johnson, you're probably confident about, and then three talented offensive linemen, but you're not totally sure where they're going to end up. But this is another reason that I think Oregon's recruiting ceiling is right in that top five range because. You're sending more guys to the NFL every year. You're doing it at a variety of positions. Look at right now, Justin Herbert with the Los Angeles Chargers. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. That is a huge recruiting tool for Oregon at the most important position. That's a major priority in 24. You have Kayvon Thibodeau, who was one of the best rookie defenders in the NFL. He killed it with the Giants as a rookie in 2022. You have Panay Sewell, who was just a beast in his second year with the Detroit Lions. You have Javon Holland, who was one of the captains, I want to say, for the Miami Dolphins. He's balling with Veron McKinley out there in Miami. And then you also have D'Amador Lenore with the San Francisco 49ers. My 49ers. Uh, He had a pretty good season, and I think that uh, he surprised some folks. So, you know, everything that I've talked about combined with the the NFL draft output and production, those are massive recruiting tools that are going to continue playing into Oregon's advantage, Oregon's still going to be in those top schools for recruits all across the country, but can they close is the biggest question. Dan Lane's done a really good job. You know, I definitely don't want to sound like a homer with this analysis, but I really do feel like I've tried to lay everything out, you know, addressing needs, identifying needs, building your staff. You know, there's so many things that he's done well. And I think that they're really well positioned to just continue elevating the standard both on and off the field at Oregon as time goes on. So I'm just excited to see how all of it pans out for Dan landing and the Oregon ducks on the recruiting trail. That's going to do it for us on another episode of the ducks dish podcast. Do me a favor, guys, make sure you lock in with me on all your social media platforms at M sports on Twitter at Oregon football, max Taurus on YouTube. Hit those like and subscribe buttons. It is a tremendous help. And share the Duck's Dish podcast with your friends, with your family, with other Duck fans. Thanks for taking some time wherever you're tuned in, however you're tuned in. Thanks for taking some time out of your day to talk some Duck football with me. Thanks so much. And this has been another episode of the Duck's Dish podcast. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes